introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pitches it to Mo Williams. Touchdown! You gotta be kidding me! Welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And uh, man, happy days are here again. We got the full crew, but we are going to ask you to bear with us. We're working through some new technologies, so things may be uh, up and down. Some mute buttons may not be as quick as they usually are, but we will figure this thing out as we go. You may also hear some babies in the background, and that's because, you know, Three quarters of this podcast are fathers that we know of. It could be a hundred percent, possibly, but three quarters of us are, are, are fathers <laughs> I mean, with children is. in our it probably in, is in in our homes. And so, you know, on occasion, dogs need to get walks, babies need to get burped, and a podcast might get interrupted. So we're just laying that out here, setting the stage that you might hear some cuteness, you might also hear some crying, but we are going to work through this thing and bring it to you like we always try to. So, with all that said. QB1, welcome back. How you doing? How you been, man? I'm good, man. I don't know. Same routine for me. Nothing's changed. You mean I mean, a little time, bit's changed. A little bit's boat? changed because I saw some pictures of you out there on a boat, and I was nervous for you. Like, the way I was nervous for Miles a couple weeks back when he was in Nebraska, I, w- I was nervous for you, man, out there on that boat, man. How was it? You made it back. It was good, man. Yeah, we had our our yearly summit with my guys from the Draft Network. It was a really good uh, eye-opening experience. We had a lot of fun down in Sarasota, Florida. Man, that's awesome. Well, we are glad you made it back here recording with us. And uh, Miles, my man, doing double duty, releasing new pods, holding the baby, sometimes writing your show notes. And uh, here, getting us going for the podcast. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I got I got Isaiah sitting right here. He's ready to uh, get upset at me for for not giving him enough attention. But we're good. I didn't get to go to Sarasota, Florida, and be on a boat. But you know, we've been good. Yeah, work on it, man. Work on it. Well, you know, know. you keep putting out this content like you do. I guess maybe there'll be a spot for you next year. Jr. won't have to fly. Jr. won't be flying solo. You know, you can roll in there with him. He's he's blazing the trail. (laughs) yes and last but certainly certainly not least the man the myth the legend the saxy prince back from improv to record with the boys on climbing the pocket how you doing man he made he made time for us today huh I mean, we yeah, really man. made time for him, yeah, but we man. don't need to get into all that. Oh <laughs> no! Don't even don't even try to fool me, man, y'all. You guys changed the date because everyone else had had issues and schedule conflicts and all that. But I am very very happy to be back. Uh, I've missed missed recording, uh, talking football, talking with my, my brothers and whatnot. Um, it is it. Admittedly, it's been a really busy time. Um, I can't uh, I can't complain. You know, a lot of you know. Wonderful opportunities I've had over the last couple of months, when, whether it comes acting and getting the saxy back in the saxy prints, playing a lot more so. So, um, but yeah, it's it's not the same without the boys. So, back glad to be back. 
Well, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Glad to have you back. And we're going to switch orders up a little bit here because, you know, there's been some news in the NFL. Last week, you know, Miles and I were on and we were talking about the running backs trying to get paid, trying to get that money. But, uh, you know, since then, they are still waiting. No money being uh, divvied out. No running backs getting paid. But who is getting paid is Michael Thomas. So, Miles, I'm going to start with you because it's wide receiver. So we got to start with you. What were your thoughts when you saw that deal flash up on your Twitter feed that Michael Thompson, excuse me, Michael Thompson, Michael Thomas is making all the money? Yeah, I mean, good for him for one. I mean, he the the production he he brings to that that Saints offense. I mean, he's really taken helped take them to a new level. So I mean, he deserves it. I, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod quite a few times now. Wide receivers really. Uh, they're a premium position. Uh, yeah, there might be a lot of good receivers across the league. There aren't a lot of elite receivers across the league, kind of like quarterback. There are only a handful of guys that are really like true game changers, true game breakers. And Michael Thomas is one of those guys. And he's really helped take that Saints offense to a new level. And uh, he deserves every penny. Uh, he's what is it? The, it's the biggest non QB contract in terms of guaranteed money 61 million guaranteed. That's crazy. But like I said, he deserves every penny. So good for him. Uh, I'm obviously Vikings fans are they always feel the feel the pain when it comes to Michael Thomas because they think that's the guy that the Vikings should have taken. I think every team that took a wide receiver that in that draft before Michael Thomas is thinking the same thing. So uh, I get it. Uh, but yeah, I, he's a he's a great receiver. I think he's he's gotten better every single year. He's in year four now. Uh, I'll be really curious to see what. Uh, what that offense looks like. I mean, I think it'll be pretty similar to what we've seen over the years, but I just think Thomas is going to continue to take it to the next level. And then we'll see down the road what it looks like when Breeze decides to retire ever. Who knows when that's going to be or uh, with his contract situation that he might be around I feel forever. Like, like Drew Breeze is uh, you know, in the Kirk Cousin camp of quarterback business where he will be playing until all of his money is paid. I can't see Drew Brees leaving any money on the table. Oh, yeah. At I any mean, point he's, ever. I've, I, he's the finesse god at quarterback right now in terms of contracts. I know we talk about Kirk and what he's done, but Brees is literally – he's had he has the Saints by the, the, the cojones, cojones, whatever you want to call it, because the way that he keeps structuring his contracts, it's pretty much I'm on this team or y'all take a huge cap hit dead cap it and it's like all right (laughs) but they keep letting him do it because of how great he is so uh that's called leverage and he's taking advantage of it good for him get every penny you can it's a business right yeah man he's getting all that so uh jr what are your thoughts and i guess um from your perspective i guess tell me a little bit about what you thought about michael thomas coming out and then give me a little bit of your perspective on on how he wins as a receiver like what is it that's making him such a dominant force since he's come into the league yeah, I mean, I'll admit he was one of my biggest draft misses ever. I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out just because I thought he was stiff and mechanical uh, in his movements. I didn't think he was a very fluid route runner coming out, and obviously he's proved me wrong. And whenever players prove me wrong, I'm fully confident in owning that mistake, and I'm happy for him. I love when guys get paid. I want to give a shout-out to Dave Muletta, who is his agent, who I think is one of the uh, biggest up-and-comers in the industry he's gotten recently not only Michael Thomas but Kevin Byard as well and he's going to have Jalen Ramsey and Deshaun Watson here coming up very soon so shout out to him for working hard for his clients and getting them their money which is great to see I love when athletes get paid when the hard work does pay off but just down on subject with Michael Thomas how he does win he's more than just a big body receiver 
And I think that's something that he was wrongly labeled for coming out. Uh, he was a really good route runner uh, coming into the draft and then landing into a great situation in New Orleans, I think has helped him a whole bunch. He not only plays on the outside, but he dabbles in the slot a little bit as well. And he's just landed with a terrific play caller and Sean Payton. And they've done a really good job of developing him along the way and has proven in his game. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Okay, and we're back. Technical issues have resolved. And we're talking about Michael Thomas. So, uh, you know, JR came through talking about Michael Thomas being uh, wrongly labeled as just a big-bodied receiver. JR, if you could just go and recap what you were saying there about how it is that he wins, what it is that makes him so special. Yeah, I said he landed in a great situation with Sean Payton, who's I think one who I think is one of the better play callers in the NFL and with the Saints. He not only plays in the slot, but he plays on the outside as well. And they really like to exemplify his flexibility that he does have. And he is an overly great route runner. I don't want to say he's in the elite category or anything like that, but he is strong enough and he has the quick twitch enough and able to get himself open against all different types of corners. And then you add on top of that, Sean Payton being able to manipulate him in his scheme and being able to get him open in all different types of spots. And then he lands with a great quarterback and Drew Brees as well, who really trusts him to throw the ball, even when it doesn't seem like he is open. And I just call it covered about to be uncovered throws. That's the type of throws that he trusts Michael Thomas to come down with. So it's, it's just a great situation that he landed in, but I don't want to attribute all of it to scheme because he has done a really good job of developing his game and taking it to another level. All right. So this last thing from around the league, because this has been, you know, the ongoing topic of conversation. People have been going on and on and on about it. And a large part of that is because it is the Cowboys and they are, you know, quote unquote, America's team. People can't get enough of them. But, uh, you know, Prince, you weren't here when we talked about this whole running back situation. Melvin Gordon, Zeke trying to get this money. Zeke down in Cabo staying away from the team. He wants to get paid. Yinka, what are your thoughts on how all this is going down? And uh, how do you think, if it was up to you, how would you resolve this situation with the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott? Well, uh, it's hard. It's hard, you know, because I'm, you know, I I, I admittedly have have evolved my my stances as far as which running back you can pay and whatnot. but the thing is, is I I know with with Zeke, I think I know he's such an integral part of that of that offense. Um, I know there's a lot of confidence in him with within the organization, even with Dak. Cause he's, uh, Dak, excuse me, he's come out, um, and you know he wants he wants Zeke, uh, Zeke to get paid. Um, and I do think Zeke is is the kind of running back that we have for years have said that we wanted. Us, we wanted Adrian Peterson to be another back in the league. We thought he was going to be uh, what 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 the league is eventually going to evolve into in a few years. So I guess I I'm conflicted because I, I don't think even if even if you pay Zeke, I I just don't think it's going to be back breaking enough where the Cowboys aren't going to be able to do all the things that they want to do. Um, but I do understand not wanting to pay them, not wanting to pay him, you know, all that money because you know they do have some some holes on their on both sides of the ball that they want to um, get um, short up. And at the same time, they're probably also trying to uh, plan for you know Dak if he continues to take a step forward and kind of be that that franchise guy. I mean, they're eventually going to have to pay him, and that that only becomes more challenging when they're trying to plan for the future. So I'm conflicted. I lean towards paying. Uh, Payne Zeke, 
but you know, I can obviously understand the other side of it not wanting to pay him because you have a quarterback who will have to So pay all him. I'm hearing from that is you actually don't believe they should pay Zeke or you would have feel like you'd have been a little bit stronger on your take on that one there, given your long history of defending the running backs. But uh we don't need to get into all that. JR, you can be the deciding vote on this one here. We'll give we'll put Prince in the running back camp. Miles in the previous episode was like, meh. Probably shouldn't over shouldn't break the bank for him. JR, where are you here? Zach, uh, we got Dak coming up. We got Zeke wanting to get paid. You're the Cowboys. What are you doing? Oh, I think I think you pay Dak instead of Zeke, and you also pay Amari Cooper before you pay Zeke. They should have drafted Jalen Ramsey and um, drafted Derrick Henry in the second round. I've said that when it happened, and I still believe that. Yep, definitely not going to argue with that. Definitely not arguing with that. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you just said 100%. So I guess we can move this along and start talking a little bit of Vikings up in here. The pads are on. And uh, yeah, JR, I'm not sure how deeply you've been able to dig into this because you've been, you know, traveling, doing draft stuff and all that. But since the pads have come on, um, I guess, what players are you hearing buzz about that's, uh, that, you know, is kind of making you, you perk your ears up a little bit? since things have got going on. And as things go along a little bit longer, who are the players that you will be paying close attention to to see how they show now that things have gotten real for the Vikings? Uh, Hercules Mata'afa, surprisingly, is one guy that has had glowing reviews. And kudos to him. He's gained over 30 pounds. I believe he came in last year as a UDFA before he tore his ACL. He was around 255 pounds. Now he's all the way up to 285 pounds. He's taking advantage of the opportunity, especially with the Vikings need at that three technique spot. And that's really predominantly what he played at Washington State when he was coming out. He was just an undersized guy. That was the biggest reason why he went undrafted. Uh, But there's a lot of people that are speaking very highly of him. And it's clear that the Vikings do love him just because they stuck by his side through the injury last year. Most of the times you see with these undrafted free agents when they do get hurt in camp, they really let him go with an injury settlement, but that didn't happen with Hercules Mata'afa, and he's mixed in with the ones a little bit with uh, Shamar Stephan, uh, Linval Joseph being out. He's He's got a prime opportunity of really getting into that rotation. So also with Jalen Holmes and uh, Jaleel Johnson. So he's just taking advantage of the opportunity, And but that's one guy that I've heard a lot of positive things about. So I'm going to ask you a similar question with about Mata'afa that I did with uh, with Michael Thomas. When you're looking at an undersized guy like this, can you help the listeners understand how a player like this is going to win consistently against bigger, stronger offensive linemen that are going to be across from them? What's going to be the secret to to Hercules' success if he's able to to translate what we're hearing about in camp into real games and and potentially go on and and have a a great career as an undersized uh, defensive tackle? Well, two things you have to have, and that's leverage and really good hand usage. And I hate using this example, but it's two of the biggest reasons why Aaron Donald is so special. He's not an oversized guy or a guy that's going to – coming into the draft, he wasn't known as a guy that's going to hold up against double teams and hold at the point of attack or anything like that. But he wins with explosiveness. He wins with low pad level. And he has very good hand-to-hand combat. And those are all things that Hercules might offer really has displayed. And no, I'm not saying – He's going to be Aaron Donald or better than Aaron Donald, but he has a lot of similar qualities as far as how he wins to Aaron Donald. He has really good hands. Uh, He's very explosive and he has really good pad level just because he is an undersized guy. He's He's already naturally low to the ground, so he's able to get under some of those offensive linemen and really forklift them. 
in, in along the interior. So I'm really excited to see how he does hold up. But I still have my concerns about him as far as him still having his explosiveness just because of how much weight he has gained. So I'm really going to be paying close attention to him during the preseason. Awesome, man. And Miles, I'm going to go to you. Same question. Now that the pads are on, because the pads were on the last time we talked, uh, who's impressing you from what you've been reading and, and watching and, and checking out and highlight clips and everything? Who's the player that's really standing out for you right now? Yeah, for me, I'm going to stick to the offenses. I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Tyler uh, Conklin, I almost said Gronklin. I know that's a, a running nickname, um, but uh, it seems like he's done a pretty good job with uh, David Morgan's been out uh, pretty much since last season, I think. I, I don't think he participated in spring. I don't think he's participated in camp so far. So um, Tyler Conklin's gotten the opportunity to step up and uh, – and play a bigger role during camp, and I think he. Um, we've I've seen some clips. I've heard some some things of how he might have he might be having a better camp than uh, second round pick Irv Smith. So that uh, it sounds like he's gonna he's playing his way onto um, on the roster and and maybe into a bigger role than even we expected. Uh, sounds like he's been doing good against uh, the linebackers and safeties and uh, finding ways to win and uh, creating some mismatches. So um, I'm excited to see what he could do in the preseason. I liked I didn't mind him coming out. I thought. Uh, where they got him was a pretty good pick. Uh, so uh, I think if he can be like your number three, possibly even number four tight end when David Morgan comes back, that's, a, that's just a plus because, you know, he's a guy that can go out and, uh, and make some plays. All right. Love it, love it, love it. And last but certainly not least, Saxy Prince, pads are on, training camp is on, going. Who are you looking at? Who's impressing you from what you've been reading, what you've been seeing, what you've been, uh, the people you've been talking to? How's that going? So, from what I hear, Chad Beebe is wreaking havoc on a team. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, okay, that 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 tweet has been proven to be false. So, we need a new player. Uh, We need a new player. That is fake news. Wait, can we talk about that? What did I miss? What? Why is that fake? Tom Pelissero said that Chad Beebe has been wreaking havoc against the first team defensive backs. To which everyone on Vikings Twitter who is at training camp said, what? Oh, okay. He's been okay, but he hasn't been that good. And he's had some drops and he's fallen down a couple of times. So we're not sure where the wreaking havoc came from. Oh, so we're saying that the uh, the wide receiver depth isn't as good as they thought. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Yes, every uh, that if, if Miles was running for president right now, that would be the the top <laughs> of his platform is uh, draft wide receivers right now well, or trade for Taylor. Stop Taylor. waiting until the seventh round. Stop, stop. <laughs> but stop if you waiting. draft ten of them in the seventh round, yeah. then it's really like you got a fourth round. Yeah, exactly. Right, stop waiting yeah. until it's a need to address it on offense. They do it. They do a great job on defense figuring that out. Oh, we got to plan ahead for the defense. We we're gonna lose a cornerback next year to free agency. We so we got to make sure we draft a guy. We're gonna lose somebody in two years, so we got to make sure we draft them now so we can develop them. Do that on <laughs> offense. How hard is that? I don't get it. Yeah, he definitely understands. Do you, do you don't? I feel like you I might. get it, but it's still. I mean, I feel like you it's, might. <laughs> it's still frustrating to me because they make it just seem like oh, we'll we'll be okay. It's not a big deal. We we'll just wait until we need it every year, and then we get to situations where they overdraft a quarterback or they overdraft a receiver they overpay they they do a lot of things to compensate for it's like if y'all figure this out earlier we wouldn't be in this situation 
Man, I feel like I feel like you had some stuff you need to get it's off your man, chest here, Miles. It's, I'm it's a- the only it's it's my biggest gripe with this front office. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like they they've done a, a great job building a really good roster up until. Uh, but the the their my biggest gripe has been the way that they've treated the offense and how they only address things when it becomes a need. So so I I I, I want to respond to um and right. that first. Um, Miles, I think you're right. I think, and here's, here's the biggest issue is I think that they are drafting, overdrafting at probably the worst positions that you could, can overdraft when they are need. Like when they need a, they need a stud wide receiver, when they need a, like a, obviously a franchise quarterback. Um, they, they've, they've looked in, in areas where they've, they've panicked and like we need a guy. So now we need to get that guy. And it, Arguably, in those two positions, when when it comes to getting yourself a quarterback, when it comes to getting yourself a wide receiver who you can, you know, really elevate the guys around them, they've struggled to find that because they've waited so long instead of getting it when you know maybe we're a year away from probably needing a quarterback, maybe a backup guy. Let's draft one. That's why I mean we've said it in the chat maybe this or this, overpay UDFA because exactly. they have Kyle Slaughter and yeah. Tom Damian. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and like, maybe this is the year where they, like, they strongly considered, like, yo, we need to maybe take a swing at a quarterback this, this next offseason. Um, even if Kirk does a, even if Kirk does a fantastic job, right? At least you're building capital for, you know, the future where it's like, okay, maybe Kirk Cousins is your quarterback of the future, or maybe he's not. And you have this guy in the wake who is really going to push Cousins. Um, so that's, that's to address that. And I, I agree with that. So I wanted to bring that up, uh, to your question, Jason, about, guy who's either impressing me or I'm kind of happy about. Um, I think Mackenzie Alexander, I think he's going to be in, uh, an integral part of the Vikings moving forward. He is that nickel guy. He's, he's um, really uh, fit into that role that we needed him to. Um, and, and I think it does still give you a little bit of flexibility because, you know, he does have some skills to play on the outside as well, too. Um, and I know with with a lot of question marks going into the offseason, going into 2020, um, I think Mackenzie Alexander is probably a, a player you really need to consider locking up uh, for you know, the next couple of years. That way you don't have to go out and get draft a, um, another nickel corner or you need to go find one in, in uh, free agency. Because I think the Vikings can potentially find themselves um, another wide, another cornerback too, or just let Mike Hughes step into that role. So. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, definitely in the preseason, to see how much he's grown because I've heard that he's grown every single year that it's been the case. And uh, I, again, I just continue to want to see uh, how big a role he can carve himself out in in this next year. Okay, there's only one part there that I will disagree with, and at the risk of making Miles upset with me, uh, I feel like they should probably draft a cornerback every year anyway because uh, that's also, I have that no is also a premium that. position that they need to uh, make sure that they're addressing. So I hope that they don't allow um, – I hope we don't swing too far the other way because I think if you're you're looking at things okay. here, we're probably going quarterback, corner, wide receiver is like top three, wide receiver, corner, probably corner, wide receiver. But at least – well, at least they address the cornerback position, I mean, right? Get, like they're a, they're a league. You got to. They do it every you year. Got to. But they don't they don't do it receiver like they're we've we've seen over the years, we've seen some of the best wide receiver drafts of all time, and the Vikings didn't even participate in it. Twenty thirteen. The Vikings didn't even draft a receiver that year. 
because they had Greg Jennings. Not 13, 2014, excuse me. Because uh, they had Cordero Batterson and Greg Jennings. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, man, I'm going to need you to let go of that pain. Just let go of that hurt. Let it go. And uh, I would if but, they would. I mean, but, you they know, would, they, 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 drafted, they, would, they got Stefan Diggs. They, they got. Um, in the first round. They, they got Adam Thielen. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but he's a local guy. Adam Local Thielen, guy. Adam he Thielen tried out. The, he paid money to try out. Not sure if you, Adam Adam Thielen is Laquan Treadwell. Have you heard this story? Treadwell, Treadwell is basically your UDFA at this point <laughs> that is not doing anything. And over the last three years, that's just rude. Adam Miles, Thielen that's has, rude. Been your, has been your first round pick. He's gotten better every season, and then you just paid him. Like it's it's true. They just flip. They just flip positions. All right. Well, Miles, I guess Laquan we can. Treadwell we, is we'll good. use that as a, as, as a segue because I feel like you set it up perfectly here. Uh, okay, so we talked about the players that you know you've been reading good things about that you're impressed with thus far. Um, maybe we won't go completely negative on this with like who you is not doing well, but who is it that you feel? And Yenka, you can go first in this one, based on what you've seen, based on what you've read, based on kind of just where they are from a career perspective heading into this season. Who is the player that really needs to show out for you this camp? Uh, to to save themselves, to save their job, to maybe elevate themselves back up the depth chart, get themselves out of the doghouse. Uh, who who are you looking at? Um, I I don't know if this is truly going to be something that's that important, but I've just really been dis. I mean, I've been disappointed with this guy for the last couple of years, and I've been told that like these guys are going to be somebody we need to watch out for. Um, Kyle Slaughter, I. Not been really impressed with him at all. Um, the The problem that I have with him is he's only a few plays away from needing to be the starting quarterback, and I really, really worry about um, the depth behind Kirk Cousins because at least we'll get the first it's... overall pick if that happens. But but that's but that's what I'm saying is like is yeah it'd be great because we probably might get a quarterback or whatever out of it, but it's. The, the worry is, you know, the window could potentially be shrinking. What? <laughs> we legitimately are not going to be able to he talk about not. the offense uh, without Miles. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah I'm I sorry. mean, I, like, he's, I, not I, he's not. He's not, go- he's he's not, he's not good. He's not good. He's not good. I mean, that's fair. He's, he's not good. But he's, the, the he's problem good. is, it's like, yes, he's, he's yes, his own, is, is he only the second, is he only the second quarter, the third quarterback in the depth chart? Yeah, absolutely. But again, how many years have we had to go to the third quarterback in a given year because of oh, something bad right. happening? So that, that's why it, that's why it worries me because this is a franchise that has had to use a quarter, third quarterback more often than most other franchises. And to think that he would have to put on the pads and be a starter worries the heck out. Okay, that that's very especially fair. in the this. That's very fair. That that is that is very fair. Miles, how about you? Uh, and it can't be Treadwell. You've already said what I feel like you need to say on that front. Uh, what other what other non-Laquan Treadwell player uh, is playing for their Vikings potentially NFL career as you are looking ahead to the rest of this training camp and looking through to the preseason? Oh, we're talking about just yeah. training camp preseason because I I kind of have a bigger I have a bigger name, but uh, if that's the case, if we're not going to go that route. Um, Man, uh, maybe I don't know if he's playing for his career, uh, but I just feel like he 
we haven't seen a lot of him lately. Uh, David Morgan. I like David Morgan. I think he could be a really big contributor to this offense because of the way they want to set things up. But, I mean, he's been hurt a lot. Uh, I don't think he – like I think I said earlier, he didn't participate in the spring. I don't think he's been able to practice at all in training camp yet. Uh, They drafted Irv Smith. Tyler Conklin's done really well. Sounds like even guys like Cole Hicatini off the practice squads has been uh, looking really good in in camp so far. Like, not that I don't believe Morgan isn't – one of the top four, uh, four tight ends on the roster. But if he's not going to get healthy enough to show it, not that I, again, I don't even know if his job's in jeopardy, but I believe there's an opportunity for some of these other guys to sneak their way up because he's, he can't, he can't get healthy. And that's not his fault per se, but, um, I just think it's a, it's not a good thing for him because of the direction the Vikings have gone with their tight end position, you know, re-upping Kyle Rudolph, drafting Irv Smith, Conklin is a draft is a recent draft pick, uh, so they're and he's in his he's in his uh, uh, his contract year. David Morgan is hits his fourth season. So, uh, what if they move on from him? I don't believe they should, but what if he can't stay? What if he can't get, stay healthy or can't get healthy enough to uh, show enough in the preseason? Maybe they I mean, need to get rid of him. I don't know. We're, we're not even I don't believe he's on the roster. These what ifs. Spark God will come back, reclaim his spot as the only Vikings tight end who can block anyone, and will be okay. And if they let him go, he will go someplace where they will pass him the ball, and he will continue to not drop the ball, and he will prosper. So, it. You mean like Red, like Red Ellison? <laughs> no. I said he could block. Like Red Ellison? And he also doesn't drop the ball. <laughs> eh. Red Ellison can block. He, Red Ellison didn't drop the ball. Man, we're we're in a real similar situation right now. He's not on the level of the Spark God. Don't 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 blaspheme in here. Do not blaspheme in here. I'll just have to edit out all of the things you've had to say on this podcast. (laughs) Moving along. Moving along. Last thing I want to cover with you guys before we get up out of here. Um which positions, which groups, as we look at offense, Prince, you go offense. We're going to switch it up because we know how Miles feels about the offense. Um, Prince, when you're looking at this offense, which group has you most nervous? Wide receivers. If we get one injury to Diggs or Thielen, I am not trying to speak in hyperbole here. I think the season is over. Seriously. It, it worries the crap out of me. I do not think there's going to be a player that's going to be able to make up for uh, the hole that one of those two would actually truly leave. So if Diggs or Thielen goes down for more than two games, I think the season is going to be in very serious. Uh, Okay. Miles, defense, which group has you feeling a little bit nervous as we uh, we get through training camp and into the regular season? I'm going to... I'm gonna say the the in, interior D line. I believe, I believe that you know Linval Joseph hasn't been able to practice. I, I'm sure he'll be back at some point, but you have a lot of unproven guys behind him. They brought in Shamar Stefan. Eh. Jalen Holmes has uh, been banged up, but he's played and done a pretty decent job. But he's unproven. Jaleel Johnson, he's he's flashed a little bit, but he's unproven. I believe I believe in him though. I believe he could be a, a guy that could fill in for Julio, uh, for Linval Joseph, not to that level, but I believe he could fill in 
and do a, an adequate job, but because he has some pass rush ability as well. Uh, and then there's guys like Hercules Mataafa. Uh, so there, there really isn't a lot of uh, proven talent uh, depth that they have. So I, I believe there really is that uh, that situation right now that I'm not sure what they're going to do if uh, Linval doesn't get back healthy or even if Shamar Stefan doesn't get healthy. I, I mean, I believe I believe in Jaleel Johnson and Jalen Holmes. I'm just not sure that right now they're guys that could be every down players for this defense. So it's really in that situation of what are, we don't really have a, a proven guy behind our starters. And even then, your starter at three tech isn't very good at all. Has zero pass rush ability. Um, so you're really in that situation of relying on guys that are unproven. I believe in them, but uh, it worries me a little bit. Yeah, all of that is fair. All of that is fair. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's all. That's all we need to get into right now. And uh, next week, I'm just going to go ahead and let both of you know right here. JR had to drop. He had some stuff he needed to do. Miles, Yinka. Uh, we will need to talk about the voyage when we come back next week. Shows uh dropping, and I'm gonna need everybody's uh yeah reviews of of our in-house version of uh the longer shows such as Hard Knocks, All or Nothing. We can talk about the Vikings version um, when we get back to talk at the next show. But Miles, uh, obviously, we can't leave. We can't end this show. We can't end things without you talking to us about your new endeavors. So uh, Miles, let the people know what you got going on. Uh, earlier this week. You and Flip, also from the Climbing the Pocket family, released a new fantasy football podcast. Tell us about it, and tell us what else you got on the go. Yeah, check out, uh, we dropped on Wednesday our our first ever Climbing the Pocket fantasy podcast. So Flip and I are going to be bringing every week a podcast where we talk about fantasy football. Uh, We'll probably involve some Vikings talk here and there, but it's really going to be fantasy-focused. And we're going to, you know, we'll bring in listener questions. We'll get into it when we get into the season. We'll talk about waiver wires. We'll talk about starts of the week, stuff like that. Uh, we're really excited about it. I'm, I'm really excited to, to, get, to get it going and uh, bring the people what they want. Fantasy football is really big. And I think it, it could really be a, a big step for uh, uh, climbing the pocket and for Daily Norseman and, and what we have going on. And then um, here and there, uh, as my schedule goes, I'm going to try to drop uh a solo pod once a week probably about 15 minutes or so just talking about uh depending on the week so um my my first one coming up will be talking about draft strategy but for quarterbacks so what what's the strategy that you you go into a a fantasy draft at quarterback whether that's in a super flex or you know a two qb or one qb um league so i'll be dropping that pod here one qb league really they oh do my. it. I, it's, I know it's rare, oh but they goodness. do it. So, I mean, you, you got to talk those about people it. to step their game yeah. up. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so, we're, we're really excited to, to get that going. And uh, I think uh, people are going are really, are gonna to really enjoy it. Flip does a great job, too. He's a great co-host. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Looking forward to that. And uh, Saxy Prince, I know you've been kicking around some different ideas. Maybe this is an opportunity for, for you to crowdsource, but uh, what do you think is going to be the next thing that you're going to be bringing to us here on the Climbing the Pocket family of, uh, of shows? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I've been toying around with a lot of ideas. I know there's a lot of uh, nerdy things that I'm very much into that I'm trying to kind of incorporate into, you know, having a different avenue of, of listeners if they want to hear some more nerdy topics but you know something that they'll still enjoy 
Um, as well as I know that once preseason starts, I will be I will be doing some some breakdowns of that as well too. Uh, you know, try to get some some play by play snapshot. I mean, it's only preseason, but um, it's you can still learn a lot of football. You know, when football's happening, even if it is just super informal and all other stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that that's some, just some content I have in my head. I'm gonna put pen to paper as well as maybe some audio stuff as well too. So, really excited to again continue to immerse myself in football because football is back, y'all. Looking forward to it, looking forward to it. And that is it. That is all. Listeners, uh, thank you as always for sticking with us here. Thank you for uh, for making this month and uh, really every week the best week we've had since we started this little endeavor a couple years back. And uh, as we keep saying, the, the best is yet to come. We continue to learn. We continue to grow. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through the uh, the challenges that we have trying out this new technology. So things uh, i'm gonna have a little bit more work to do in post-production but hopefully we'll be able to get this for you sounding the way we want it and uh yeah we will be back uh there'll likely be another episode for you tomorrow so check that out and uh yeah have a good one